Recorded live. Hello, Bravehearts, Urbanites, and FCQ Nation. Thanks for returning with me. Um, this is 1.2 segment of the Compassionate Coaching Effect. We started earlier today at the Lunch and Learn segment, which was um, that which went down at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And um, we ran over, I ran over, (laughs) I ran over, like I underestimated the, um, what can I say, I underestimated, I thought it was only going to be 30 minutes. And in actuality, it seemed like I have 60 minutes worth of content to talk about. So from this moment forward, our um, Lunch and Learns will be 60 minutes. Um, I have tons and tons of information to share, which I said in the beginning of um, today's Lunch and Learn at 12 o'clock, I said that. I just had no idea if I had 60 minutes worth of talking to do. So here's the deal, because I know sometimes it could be um, a bit too much to ask for me to expect that I can consume your entire 60-minute lunch break on a Friday afternoon Granted that you actually get 60 minutes. So with that in mind, all of the segments are recorded, which I'm sure you heard at the beginning of this. So um, to get to the recordings, just easily pop by the blog, which is tmwcbookclub.blogspot.com. That's tmwcbookclub.blogspot.com. And right in the right pane, right in the right, (laughs) along the right side of the pane, you will be able to access all of the recordings. So let's get started. Um, To recap from today's earlier segment, we left off with um, what, uh, let's see, how can I say this, my alma mater, the Institute for Social and Emotional Intelligence. We went into the full circle template of providing or receiving should I say, receiving um, effective feedback. And so let's just recap real quick that the full circle template for that is to ask first, to ask, then to listen, to think, to thank, respond, to involve, then to change, and follow up. I'm not going to get into detail, um, deep, deep detail about it because we did that in the first segment. So my suggestion to you is um, if you are curious about the uh, explanations or what can I say, the briefings that I had given for each one of them, you can um, hold tight on this particular segment and go and visit with the first one so that you can catch up and then so happy for our recording, then hit the recording and catch up. All right, moving along. We are moving into what I think is imperative for the community champion, especially the social entrepreneur, your personal power. And according to my coaching handbook, personal power is a sense of self-confidence and an inner knowing that you can meet life's challenges and live the life you choose. 
the ability to have those difficult conversations and to speak your truth sincerely, assertively, and appropriately. And then also in my handbook, it goes on to say that our language teaches people how to treat us. I'll say it again. Our language, the way we speak, our tone of voice, our gestures, the level of our words, all of that, it teaches people how to treat us. If our language lacks power, we are perceived as lacking. And we are treated as such. One would do good to enlist the aid of a communications coach to enrich that of what we speak to ourselves, self-talk, as well as to others, which is considered traditional talk. So it says, if you are presently unable to secure a certified coach, the following bullets may help you treat, excuse me, excuse me. The following bullets may help you with your target practice in the meantime. But look forward to acquiring a personal coach, a professional coach. I said a personal coach. You might need a personal coach, but in this in this particular passage, you need a communications coach. And there's so many disciplines to coaching. There's life coaching. There's executive coaching, there's mindset coaching, there's performance coaching. Just about anything that you want to perfect or master, nine times out of ten, there is a coach for it. Um, so the suggestion is strong that at some point you acquire a professional coach. But in the meantime, here are some pointers on how to begin to channel in and hone your personal power. So first and foremost, it said that it's best if we set and keep boundaries. We have to set them and keep them. Secondly, move on from failures. They are to serve as lessons and indicators and not weights and burdens. Identify and move toward those circumstances and situations where you can have positive influence and commit to making an authentic impact within those areas. Fourth, it says let go and stop trying to control situations over which you have no positive power. And we have to be very mindful of those areas where we have positive power because that's where we we're that's where we should be focusing our time and attention. And lastly, it says envision, envision yourself as smart, competent, articulate, poised, and admired. Also consider the art of visualization, which is very powerful. And, and I have um, made a notation that we're going to get more in-depth with the art of visualization in the next segment which now, um, speaking of which, it is scheduled for next Friday, the 12th, at noon, but it will be for 60 minutes. Okay, so we move on to the book. And the book is titled Self-Talk. 
And I thought about breaking down the introduction, but I was torn between what portion of the introduction I was going to share today and what I was going to share in the next segment. And I just couldn't make up my mind. I wanted to do like the first half, but then it was so good that I wanted to do the rest. So here we are. I'm going to read the entire introduction of the book, hoping that at some point it will provoke you to actually get the hard copy book in your hands. I have no issue with technology. I actually have a Kindle myself. I love Kindles. But certain books, the baseline books, the foundation books, the ones that will really uh, lay substance to where you are going in your paths of life, I think they should be hard copies where you can dog ear them, you can highlight them, you can write in the margins, you can carry it with you. If the electric goes out, you can light a candle and you can still be with it. That kind of thing. It's one of those types of books where this is you need this in your life regardless of the circumstance. <laughs> so, um, and then it won't, you know, it won't burn up all your battery and all your juice and all that kind of good stuff. So I suggest that you, I mean, in the library, you can even buy this book secondhand um, because it has been out for a while. And to tell you the truth, I neglected to write down the the, the date of copyright, but I know it's an older book. Now I'm being provoked to fire up my Kindle so that I can give you um, copyright information. Uh, but ah, check this out. It is on the blog, tmwcbookclub.blogspot.com. Down the left pane, I mean down the right pane, closer to the bottom, um, the book self-talk is there. You click on it and it will take you right to the book details and you'll have all you need to learn about the book. All right, here's the deal. Here's the introduction to self-talk. At any time of your life, you can achieve just about anything you want. If you feel the desire to learn music today, you can do that. If you want to learn to be great, if you want to learn to be a a great, a great cook, manager, writer, or even an actor. It's all there within you. There is not a gene that is preventing you from creating success. All you need is the courage to dream and the will to make the dream a reality. Of course you need to take charge and find the right tools to put your mind to the test. The point is, though, you can do it if you desire it. However, you may have learned at an early age that you can't do that. Maybe you learned that only a select few designed, mm, 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 hold on, (laughs) designed, listen to that, where is my mind? I'm in the designing mode. Maybe you learned that only a select few destined to have the skills, success, and lifestyle the rest desire. Some reason that didn't sound right. Maybe you learned that only a select few are destined to have the skills, success, and lifestyle that the rest desire. Maybe you came to believe that painting the beauty of the human face or fashion photography is for the masters who have the right stuff or that athletic ability is something that can be developed 
only in people who are naturally gifted. People who think this way have a fixed mindset. With a fixed mindset, you think that skills and talents are set in stone and that you either have them or you don't. You know what you can do and what you cannot do. And very little can be done to improve your abilities and success. Your mind is closed to the possibilities of improvement and growth. You feel you have plummeted the depths of your mind and there's nothing worthwhile there. Conversely, if you are like the millions of successful people who are living the lives they dream, you think otherwise. You have a growth mindset. You realize that you can develop skills and habits that at any stage, oh, slow down, Thea, hold on, let's, let's back it up. You realize that you can develop skills and habits at any stage in your life, regardless of previous experience. The path of growth, opportunity, and success lies here. The growth mindset that underlies this book states that you can enhance your talents and improve the quality of your life to a far greater extent than most people think. The mind and brain is not hardwired to be good at anything or another, like writing a play, drawing a picture, kicking a soccer ball, having social skills, or being successful. Some people certainly seem to exhibit these talents and habits naturally, but the rest of us can develop them if we so desire. Although we have this amazing ability, our, our internal thoughts and beliefs can get in the way of our success. Our conscious thoughts and subconscious beliefs are powerful. They have the power to control how we think, how we feel, how we act, and more importantly, how we perceive ourselves and our abilities. If you want to change yourself and your life, therefore first you have to change your thoughts and beliefs. This is where self-talk comes in. So before I close out this segment, um, the second half of this segment, I am going to provide you with a few of my suggestions. This is not me reading anymore. This is me talking. <laughs> Sometimes I have to, I'm still working on how to change my tone from when I'm reading <laughs> something to when I'm, like, speaking off the cuff. I just realized that I didn't switch that up for you to be able to know the difference. <laughs> I'm still in training. Be patient with me. <laughs> so um, here's the deal. Um, with regards to self-talk, um, you know, we have positive talk and we have negative talk. Regardless if we're talking to ourselves or if we're talking to someone else, it registers either negative or positive. So what I am going to focus on before we close out today is, the positive self-talk, which is also considered affirmations. We're going to get to that um, before we close. So moving into the baseline of our call is primary emotions. Now, I have to say, unless you, is, unless you are someone who is very, very interested in emotions, and if you do any type of heart-based work, you really should be. 
the dynamic of emotions can get quite complicating. Um, damn near frustrating, to tell you the truth, because there are so many of them. And there are a lot of triggers and <laughs> thoughts and associations. So I'm going to do, I'm going to, today, I'm going to speak of the very basics, the baseline, and then the first layer thereof. So the primary layer of emotions is love, joy, surprise, anger, sadness, and fear. Let that soak in for a little while. Love, joy, surprise, anger, sadness, and fear. And what's interesting is when I first saw this list, I'm thinking, okay, well, I, for the most part, had associated love and joy to kind of be the same thing and definitely anger, sadness, and fear. But the more and more I started to investigate them individually, they started to, I was able to be able to differentiate. Now, the second layer should help just a little bit. Um, ah, speaking of which, this is what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to investigate a little more just to give you a better understanding. Now, you don't have to become a guru of emotions, which I really, really would like for you to, um, especially my community champions. Yes, I would like for you to. My newbie managers and executives, yes, I would really, truly like for you to begin investigating. Um, and, and lend yourself your guinea pig. Allow yourself to be your guinea pig and begin to benchmark how you feel and your day-to-day progress with your knowledge of emotions. Major stuff, I tell you, it really is. Okay, so the second layer to the primary emotions. So for love, it has affection, lust, longing, attraction, compassion, and empathy. Oh, and let me just say that the second layer that I'm giving you right now is not an exhaustive list. Believe me when I tell you the list goes on and on. It's massive. I pretty much... Um, picked and choosed um, the more powerful ones, the ones that we kind of associate with every day. One, for the for the sake of timing. Um, and two is because I didn't really want to complicate things too much. I just want to kind of give you a snapshot of what the deal is. So the um, the second layer of love is affection, lust, longing, attraction, compassion, and empathy. The second layer for joy is cheerfulness, cheerfulness, zest, contentment, pride, optimism, and relief. For surprise, it is amazement and astonishment. For anger, it is irritation, rage, disgust, and torment. For sadness, it is disappointment, shame, neglect, and sympathy. For fear, it for fear it is anxiety, horror, dread, apprehension, and worry. And um, 
in the evenings before I settle down to go to bed, I read segments of The Alchemist. And one thing that is stated in that story over and over and over again, which I'm actually going to um, be reading a small quote from it in just a moment. Um, One of the things that is expressed over and over and over again in that story is the message that we are not to be fearful to fail. And I always thought that fear was just fear. I didn't realize that it actually came in different elements. Well, I kind of knew, but I guess I just didn't mentally compartmentalize it as I am now beginning to. So the fear of failure, we are not to be afraid to fail. There's a lot of information and lesson when we fail. If it's only to know how not to do something, (laughs) but more than likely there's so much more wealth of knowledge in the experience of failure. And I have been one. I have been one that was so terrified to fail, which I guess by me saying that, many will now know that I have my issues with perfectionism. And as me and my girlfriend were speaking of the other day, uh, procrastination is the kissing cousin of perfectionism. <laughs> so it would really, in both of us, we we are addicted to things being just so. They have to be perfect which would explain why we are not making the major moves that we visualize in our heads. So I know for a fact that if you are afraid to fail, you won't be going far. I know that firsthand, which brings on a whole bunch of anxiety and and, and the apprehension and the worry. So believe me when I tell you that this stuff is stamped. Okay, so going on to the story of the alchemist. And so the place that I want to direct your attention to is the mysterious magnet of destiny. I'm not sure how many um, are familiar with the story of the alchemist, but it is about Santiago, and he's a young boy. He's a shepherd, and he gets um, the notion in his dream that he has to pursue his personal legend, which a.k.a. is his treasure. And his treasure, as he goes to speak, and as the story goes on, he speaks to several people, several people that actually leave lasting impressions on his journey to encourage him and and provoke him to pursue this journey to find his his treasure, which is his personal legend. And he goes on, um, actually goes on the journey, and so he comes across... um, an old man is what he's considered, but he's also an infamous king that just shares all sorts of invaluable wisdom with Santiago. So somewhere in there it says, um, and I, I don't want to necessarily like get ahead of myself and I really don't want to spoil the story for anyone who has not picked up the book yet. I encourage you to do so. The book details is also on the link of the blog, um, and in your leisure. It has profound message in it for anyone who is on their path to realizing their personal legend. And we all have one. 
So it says, to realize one's destiny is a person's only obligation, the old man told him. A path charted by the mysterious magnet of destiny, but obscured by distractions. And it had me look up the dictionary meaning of destiny. Because when someone says destiny to me, I automatically feel its meaning, but to actually put words to it, to put language to it, I hadn't ever done, I don't think. But I was provoked to go and look it up in the dictionary, and this is Webster's um, version of the definition. A predetermined course of events, often held to be irresistible, excuse me, often held to be an irresistible, did I read that for some reason? I don't know if you can hear my sub pump going on and off, but it is such a major distraction for me. So when I hear it, then I'm I'm thinking in my back of my mind, oh, my gosh, can they hear it? And so then it kind of throws me off. <laughs> okay. Okay, see it. We're back. So destiny, a predetermined course of events often held to be an irresistible power slash attraction to the beholder. So your destiny is an irresistible power and attraction of predetermined events and course, which means it's irresistible. Which means we have to all find our destiny, or destiny is the mysterious magnet. Which means either way, okay, my mind has started to turn into another direction. And I, I'm going to hold tight for a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the script. So, according to to the story of of out of the alchemist, that our only obligation in life is to realize our destiny. And I know for a fact that there are so many people in the world where they are hindered by the obscurity and the distraction. I was once one of those, and I have to say, it is no easy journey. Um, and you really have to be determined that no matter how bad you suffer, that what it is you have in your heart, that irresistible power, you will move towards. You will um, have hope and realize in one day, and you will not let nothing stop you. I have been homeless. Um, to the point where, like, there's nothing, and I giggle just because it is to keep from crying because I have to say it's utterly embarrassing. Um, for one, is because you, me, personally, go from, oh, my gosh, uh, a 20-year stretch in the beauty industry, making pretty decent money, and then having the ability to work in the office, nine-to-five nonprofit membership services. Did pretty good there. Um, and then to go from that to absolutely nothing, then the ridicule and the family labeling, um, you know, just underachiever, freeloader, no gooder, you living way beneath your potential, woo, woo, woo. And the thing about it is when one is journeying to realize its destiny, for one, it's a very lonely path because though many of those around you will not understand what it is that you are striving to accomplish. And the second is 
or should I say the flip side of that is because it's so tender to your heart and you are not sure where you're going or how you're going to get there and you're so emotionally invested in that, you don't really want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it because you aren't sure that it's going to materialize. You have no idea. And you already know that the outside, from the outside, those that are looking from the outside does not see the visions that dance in your head. So what do you do? Everybody who decides that they want to question your inability to be part of productivity, efficiency. So you, when 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 you're walking um, towards your destiny and it has not and it has not materialized yet, believe me when I say that people are going to question your efforts. They're going to question your sincerity. They're going to question your abilities. They're going to question everything, which then you begin to question back to the whole AKA self-talk thing. Um, And if you do not have a sound method of reaffirming where it is that you're going, it will break you down. It will obscure you and distract you to the point where you are stagnant, you aren't moving at all, because you're confused, you're torn. You're torn between what it is that your heart tells you to do and what it is that the outside world is ridiculing you. (laughs) Those that have walked this path know what I mean, and I don't tell this to discourage you. I tell this so that when you do embark upon it, if you have not already, and the aches and the woes, and the obscurity and the distractions come, that you'll know that you're not alone. You'll know that it is capable of obtaining. You just have to make sure that you have certain things in your book bag when you venture off. The things that we're talking about today and we're going to continue to talk about throughout the Lunch and Learn series this summer is so that you can pack your book bag, your uh, metaphoric book bag, Figuratively speaking, your book bag needs to be packed with the things that we are discussing. Emotional intelligence is one of your greatest tools, one of your most greatest tools. Okay, so I am undergoing a MOOC, which is what, massive, what is it, massive, I keep forgetting one of the, I know it's like massive online learning, la, la, la. I I can't tell you what it is right at the moment off the top of my head. I think about it all the time, still can't get it right. So, And I did not think to write it down so that I'd be able to share it with you. But all you have to do is go to the infamous World Wide Web and type in M-O-O-C. Should I do that now so that I can give you, while I have you here with me, and we don't have to do the guessing, let's see. So a MOOC is Massive Open Online Course. That's what a MOOC is. And I am taking it with um, Corissa, C-U-R-C-O-C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A.com, C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A.com. 
and it is titled Inspiring Leadership Through Emotional Intelligence. And um, most of the courses are like eight weeks long, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks, eight, 11, 12 weeks. You very rarely will get a one, two-week course. It is um, highly intensive, (laughs) and you have to make sure that you are in it to win it. you can pay a few dollars to get a certificate of completion, or you can just do like I do and just absorb the knowledge and um, get your get your awareness heightened. So in this course, um, I had to read over a case study, and um, one of the reading materials was Coaching with Compassion, which I have to say was the inspiration to... Um, the theme for this summer's Lunch and Learn series because I figured most of us, as as I've said earlier, which you will probably hear me say over and over and over again, if you are in the roles of heart-based work, especially my community champions, my mentors, my coaches, um, nonprofit work, then nine times out of ten, you serve as a coach or mentor. And it would serve us all some good if we were all a little bit more compassionate. So, um, taking it back to the mysterious magnet of destiny. So in this um, particular case study um, surrounding coaching with compassion, there were there was a, a, how can I say it? It was an example that we had to, Visualize, and this is the basis for it. So the coach had asked his client to undergo a small assignment. So it says his coach asked him to describe his passion, his purpose, and his core values, and to envision himself five to seven years in the future, and to consider what he really wanted to do with his work and his life. So that's what I'm going to ask that we do over the weekend, that we just softly begin to think about what it is that we want to do ideally, I mean, what it is that we really want to do, and begin to allow your thoughts to become comfortable with what it is that you personally want to do. And and, and when I say what you want to do, I'm not talking about how it is contingent upon what someone else, what another human is doing, singly, what it is that you want to do for your work and your life. And I know that when I ask folks to do that, that sometimes it leads them into massive contradictions about their reality. And sometimes it breaks folk down because where they are, Presently and where they want to be seems so far away that they just become so perplexed that they prefer not to think about it. But in order for us to rise above, we have to begin to think about this stuff. We can no longer mindlessly wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep. We just we can't do it that way anymore. So I'm going to be the provoker and um, ask you to, Take the 
invitation from the coach out of this case study as if you were the client and begin to think about your passions, your purpose, your core values, and envision yourself in the next five to seven years in the future. And consider what it is that you really want. Okay, so now we are getting to, yeah, we're closer to the closing. We're almost to the closing here, which takes us into the power of self-talk. And Linda Hall has by far taken my thoughts and my feelings and put them into words. So I am going to read a passage from her blog on affirmations, which also um, leads me to tell you that there is a, uh, a link on my blog as well, but it's in reference to writing down your affirmations, which I feel is a good deal because for me, if I do not write them down, more than likely they will not stick. So I need to see them in writing every day. And then slowly but surely my mind will begin to brand it somewhere. <laughs> to think of it in the morning and think that I'm going to continuously repeat it to myself throughout the day, nah, that's not going to happen. So for those who are anything like me and you must write it down, um, there is a link. Um, closer to the bottom of the main pane of the blog where you can link to um, instructions on how to begin writing down your affirmations. And what I suggest is when you once you write them down, and, and, and get a small journal, get a pocket journal that you can carry with you everywhere so that um, when when your mind says take a look at your affirmations, that you pull them out and take a look at your affirmations. After a while, you read them in the morning and you read them in the evening, they will begin to brand, and you'll be able to recite them um, right off the cuff. Now, what's interesting is that as you begin to realize your affirmations, new affirmations will begin to add to the list. So I have found it useful that, you know, over a 90-day period to just view all of my affirmations, it kind of gives me uh, the frequency of where I am in life and, you know, what has been accomplished and, and what I was thinking of or what it is that I needed to affirm or whatever. <laughs> However it goes, um, it, it plays very well to benchmarking and and being able to see progress on paper. So let's get to it. Let's see. Linda Hall says, did you know that the things you tell yourself on a regular basis are likely to become your reality? It has been said that we are the result of what we think. If you're in the habit of telling yourself you're no good at something, it's very likely you won't be because you have trained yourself to be that way by repeatedly giving yourself a negative message. Our beliefs create our behavior to create the reality in which these beliefs come true. Powerful affirmations are positive statements which are consciously chosen by you to replace these negative inner scripts with something more useful, creative, and open. 
Words drive how we feel and behave. We use words all the time, consciously and unconsciously, as a way to make sense of the world. Don't underestimate their power to shape your present, future, and past. By using affirmations, you are working with the power of association, which is the body's own natural way of learning via its neural pathways and cellular memory. The phase, it's just all too much, is likely to trigger associated feelings with anxiety, helplessness, and anger. Whereas the affirmation, I can take things one step at a time, may trigger calm and optimistic feelings and put you in touch with your inner resources making the task ahead more doable. Fundamentally, negative self-talk is a habit, a pattern of thinking we've established for ourselves over time. Using affirmations is a powerful way to help break old, unhelpful thought and behavior patterns and establish new, more desirable and positive ones. In a nutshell, the negative statements we use in self-talk narrow our options, close doors, and sometimes makes us smaller, whereas affirmations increase our options for positive. And sometimes makes us smaller, whereas affirmations increase our options for positive outcome open doors, and allow us to expand to our optimum potential. And remember, the more you use the affirmations, the more powerful their effect will be as you grow. As you grow, the neural pathways and collect the cellular memory to make you, to take you there again and again. Here are some tips to help you. Express your affirmations in the present tense. Let go of your rational mind. Allow the whole you to bathe in the words. If any resistance comes up in the form of unhelpful comments from your rational mind, notice them and then let them go. Breathe. Breathe into any sensations or feelings with an attitude of kindness and respect. Here are a few affirmations you can try out. But it's okay to create your own. And it's best to keep them simple and use the words that are fit for you. I am enough. Everything is unfolding as it should. I trust the process. I heal and grow every day. I am on the right path. All will be well. Affirmations can be incorporated into your meditation or used on their own. First thing in the morning and last thing at night, 
first thing in the morning, last thing at night. First thing in the morning and last thing at night can be a simple but profound way of preparing for the day ahead or a sound sleep at night. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Right? Wow. So it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. But those affirmations that I just read to you, if you was to go get a pocket journal and just write those down, as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make a note to put those on the blog. So when you go up on the blog, it'll be right there. Write those down, and they're very generic, and they're very universal. Write those down in your pocket journal, and any time that your heart provokes you to look at your affirmations, look at them. And just as Linda said, you are able to customize your own. So as you get used to affirming certain things, especially if you're very, very low on self-esteem, these are the ones to begin to affirm with. Um, And then, um, as I said earlier, they will, you know, some will begin to drop off and some will add on. So as long as you keep the circle of life going with your affirmations, It'll never be a dull moment, and your self-esteem will always be on a self-generating enrichment cycle, for lack of a better term. Okay, so in closing, here here we are. We're at the brink of our moment together, and um, this is my this is what I am calling my sweet tea infusion, because I love sweet tea. So. Um, What if? And I always like to do the what if because it allows the mind and the heart to become one and just not have to necessarily deal with the woes of reality and just to kind of dance together. It's actually, I like to think that they're waltzing together. Um, so in this moment of what if, I would like for you to just close your eyes and just imagine with me for a moment. So, in the beginning of the segment, the very beginning at the Lunch and Learn at 12 o'clock today, we spoke about feedback. And we spoke about how you would go about getting that feedback. So, in my closing today, I invite you to imagine if one of your trusted feedbackers <laughs> so one of the one of the people that provide one of the folks that you trust with your eyes closed mind you figurative, figuratively and literally literally and figuratively someone that you trust with your eyes closed provides you with this particular feedback i want to know how you would feel now before i read this i want you to understand that there is no pressure with this There is no pressure for you to feel bad if you actually do not live up to what it is that I'm about to read. I invite you to explore the possibility that one day you could fit this particular level of feedback. Okay, so your feedback is from your trusted feedbacker. You have an optimistic personality. 
are outgoing, happy most of the time, and have a healthy and strong mind. When you are focused with a problem in life, you tend to focus on the positive side of things, even if sometimes this means, even if sometimes this might seem hard. You're very courageous and active and easily drive into new challenges rather than hide, avoid, or run from them. Your capacity to adapt to new situations is high above the average, which makes you an easygoing person, always surrounded by lots of people and good friends. Now, even though that is amazing, that is my ideal, my ideal person. That is the feedback that I strive for personally. And I decided to end there because that is one of my most frequent what-ifs. What I just read to you is the person that I am aiming to be, especially with my introverted tendencies. I have the massive tendency to withdraw and I'll go missing for months. (laughs) So one of my challenges is to become comfortable with the last part of it, surrounded by lots of people and good friends, not meaning that I have to be surrounded by them 24-7, but that it is some level of consistency. So that there is what I aim to be. Also, um, was part of my exercise when we had to approach the his coach asked him to describe his passion and purpose and vision and to envision himself in five to seven years into the future. That's that's a portion of my vision for me in five to seven years where I would like to be. So I close with inviting you to ponder on where you would like to be in five to seven years. And not that you have to give a description as detailed and elaborate as I just read, but begin to ponder it. Where would you like to be? What type of person would you like to hear people say that you are? Um, And I also know that visualization is very powerful. So if you begin to visualize yourself as this person, before long you will be. So with that, I close out. And I thank you so very much for attending the second half of today's Lunch and Learn segment. Uh, We are now into Friday evening. I am wishing you a blast of a weekend, hoping that you will find a moment or two to um, explore some of the things I talked about today, um, as well as um, put on your calendar to meet me back here next Friday, Lunch and Learn, um, which will be 12 noon, Eastern Daylight Savings Time via TalkShoe, which you can link directly um, onto through the blog, which is tmwcbookclub.blogspot.com. And I thank you kindly for hanging out with me. In the meantime, provoke your brilliance and be blessed.